Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com, and we thank them for their support and sponsorship of this show. So you know that question that people love to ask? It's sort of a parlor game question. Would you rather be way too hot or way too cold? And everyone thinks about it and they imagine themselves in the different scenarios or they think back to when they were really, really hot or when they were really, really freezing. And for me, ultimately, I come back to too cold. It seems like even with heat, at least you could find something to fan yourself, right? And in the cold, there aren't enough blankets sometimes or jackets or there's not enough to keep you warm. So having spent a lot of my life on NFL sidelines that were freezing and now living in Minnesota, I can tell you, I hate the cold. I hate it. And I want you to picture this winter comes wherever you are and it's cold outside and your heating bill, you cannot afford. You can't afford your heating bill. This will be true for people this winter, not only here in the United States of America, but around the world. People will not be able to pay their heating bill. What are they supposed to do? Some people will, uh, you know, the, the effects can be horrid. They can be as severe as death. Discomfort. I mean, think about little kids freezing. Anyway, I say this to get you in this frame of mind of why are we here? That something that we used to really just kind of enjoy, air conditioning and heating, is suddenly going to be out of reach for some Americans. And you, you know, you may be of the opinion that, well, you know, in America, why should we be any different than the rest of the world? Because we've worked hard at it here and we've created a government here that allows free enterprise and, and, and all of this stuff to, to put us in the position to have these comforts, to be safe. So yeah, we can worry about the rest of the world too, but just, I just want you to get micro here for a minute and imagine yourself in your home with a heating bill you can't afford or think worst case disaster scenario, uh, something gets shut down, a grid gets shut down and you can no longer heat your home and it's cold. How are you supposed to function? What are you supposed to do? Now we can all say, oh, I could get through it, yada, yada, yada. The problem with this whole scenario is that it is avoidable and yet for some reason, we're accepting the Biden administration making it ridiculously, insanely, stupidly possible. <laughs> it shouldn't be. This is totally avoidable. I am going to spend the next few minutes talking to you about the moment this started, why it is delusional of the Biden administration to be approaching energy the way it is. And one really smart man's thoughts about 
why we're in the, this position and how, why we shouldn't be and how we can correct it. That is coming up. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. All right. Today's Wall Street Journal op-ed. Here's a headline. Biden, Venezuela, and the oil dictators. The administration wants more oil anywhere except from America. This is what I'm talking about in terms of it being avoidable. So we're sitting on a gold mine of energy here in this country, but because the current White House is so obsessed with climate change, they don't want to create the, you know, to tap into the oil here, but they'll go to Russia, they'll go to Iran, they'll go to Venezuela. Hang on, I thought we didn't even recognize the president of Venezuela. It's such a corrupt dictatorship in Venezuela. And 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 yet it's okay for them to drill. It's okay for them to produce fossil fuels, but it's not okay here. I mean, the effect on climate is going to be the same no matter where it's, you know, this stuff is drilled or harvested or whatever. In fact, the consensus is that in America, we do it in a much cleaner fashion. And so we are much more respectful and responsible to the earth than these other countries. So why shouldn't we be doing it here? It's, it's absurd. Think about it. Well, we'll pay for it to be done in Venezuela or Russia but we won't have it done here because we're worried about the climate. Do, do, do you get this? This is like saying, you know, I'm on a diet, so I'm not going to bring cookies into the house, but I'm going to go next door and have a piece of cake because, you know, they're not on a diet and I'll just, and then I'll come back and I'll be on the diet here. I mean, I know that's sort of a silly analogy, but think about this. Think about this. We don't want to produce our own oil and fossil fuels here. We don't want to tap into our own natural resources and be energy independent. Instead, we're farming out things like solar panels and batteries to people who don't like us at all, like China, and would love to have us be dependent on them because then they would control us. You see, when another country gains your dependency, when you need them for critical stuff like medicine or energy, then they hold all the cards and you don't. And they get to decide how you act. You want our oil? Okay. Well, you got to do this, 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 and this to get it. That's no way to be, especially in this country where we have so many bright minds and we have worked so hard on ways to be energy independent in a clean way. So let me just read to you from this Wall Street Journal article. I think it's important that you hear this. It starts this way. The madness of the Biden administration's energy policy has been horrifying to watch. Yes, it has. Like a car crash, except all Americans are passengers. 
The latest bizarre twist is that the White House may ease sanctions on Venezuela and its dictator, Nicolas Maduro, in an effort to increase the supply of oil on the global market. So make it really tough here in America for oil companies to get permits and access to oil. But, you know, maybe we'll lift sanctions on Venezuela. Well, why were the sanctions there in the first place? Because the United States determined Nicolas Maduro and Venezuela were not good actors, and so we probably shouldn't be in bed with them. That's what a sanction is all about. Let's go on. The Wall Street Journal reports that the U.S. is, quote, preparing to scale down sanctions on Venezuela's nasty regime so Chevron Corp can resume pumping oil. The move is contingent on the Maduro government entering good faith talks with political the political opposition, which is an oxymoron. It sure is. Good faith talks between a dictator and his opposition? I, I, think about that. Good faith talks. Like, like Nicolas Maduro, this ruthless dictator, is going to sit down and say, you know what? I've had a change of heart. Let's have some good faith talks with the people that are totally opposed to us. That's not how dictators work. This is a joke that the Biden administration actually thinks it can go to Nicolas Maduro and say, you know what? We will loosen these sanctions on you. And, you know, if you'll let us uh, let Chevron pump some oil, if you would just sit down and talk to your enemies. You think you can do that? I mean, this is the only word I can think of is absurd. It goes on. There are no plans to change our sanctions policy without constructive steps from the Maduro regime, said Adrian Watson, spokeswoman for the National Security Council. But the regime has never been willing to concede anything to the opposition. The likeliest result would be that Mr. Maduro opens talks, the U.S. eases sanctions after the November election, and the talks go nowhere. Of course, that's the obvious thing that would happen. So Nicholas Maduro goes, hmm, hmm, hmm. They're going to release sanctions so we get money because they'll pump oil. I'll schedule a talk with my opposition. We'll schedule all this will happen after November. They'll have the elections. And then I'll get my money from the United States in this Chevron outfit. And then, uh, and then I'll shoot my opponents when they come in the room. You get my drift. I'm being sarcastic, but this kind of absurdity calls for sarcasm. The Venezuela gambit is part of the Biden administration's rolling dictator tour to encourage more oil supply anywhere except in America. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Let me say that again. To encourage more oil supply anywhere except in America. President Biden tried courting the Saudis, but this week they and OPEC Plus chose to reduce production by 2 million barrels of oil a day. The Iran nuclear talks are supposed to liberate Tehran's oil production, but the mullahs won't take yes for an answer and are holding out for more U.S. concessions. 
See, everyone knows if we keep backing the United States into a corner and they're so married to this climate agenda that they feel like they can say, here in America, we are the greenest nation on earth. We'll just import all our stuff from countries that aren't. What is that saying? That's saying you're pretending to value this whole green agenda, but as long as someone else is doing it, it's okay and you'll pay for it? Think about that. It's pretty simple. I know it, you, it's hard to believe because it's so simple. Like it's so obvious that it's almost hard to believe. <laughs> I think that's where people are tearing their hair out. Wait a minute. No, this can't be right because this is so stupid. It can't possibly be correct. All right. Meanwhile, the administration, I'm again reading from the Wall Street Journal op-ed. Meanwhile, the administration is hinting that it could allow the Justice Department to file an antitrust suit against the OPEC cartel for fixing prices. This might be politically satisfying, but the Saudis and its Gulf allies could easily retaliate by cutting production further and hurting U.S. consumers. What they're saying is, yeah, the Biden administration can say, hey, DOJ, let's file a suit. This is bad. They're wrong. This is awful. That might feel good in the moment. It ain't going to change anything, except it could make it worse. And it doesn't solve the problem. It does not solve the problem. It almost seems like they don't want to solve the problem. Because if they wanted to solve the problem, they wouldn't have done some of the things they've been doing since the day Joe Biden stepped into the Oval. And I'll get to that in a second. In response to this week's OPEC decision, some politicians are also threatening to withdraw U.S. troops from Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. And I won't get into all who those politicians are. I will say they're all Democrats. Um, if you want to drive the Saudis further into the arms of Russia and the Chinese, keep this up, guys. Yeah, right. So you're going to say, well, let's just pull all of our troops out of there. That'll show them. Well, where where will they turn? China, Russia, adversaries. They don't like us. That's, that's what I mean by adversaries. See, China, Russia, they don't like us. They don't like us. They are not friendly to us. All of this international drama and growing American economic vulnerability could have been avoided if the Biden administration hadn't made a policy of waging war on the domestic U.S. oil and gas industry. The White House blames the industry for high gas prices while it does everything it can to make drilling more difficult and financially risky. So this is what I go back to. I mentioned the day Biden stepped into the Oval, he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Quick tutorial, because this is easy. It's not tough. I know a lot of this stuff you think, oh, I don't, I'm not, this is so in the weeds. No, it's not. So the Keystone Pipeline would originate from Alberta, Canada. It pipes oil down to Oklahoma, then on to Houston and the Gulf, where it can be exported. So the oil starts in Canada, comes down through this pipeline, underground pipeline, to Oklahoma, on to Houston and the Gulf. And there are also little offshoots of this pipeline. Think of it like a river, like an underground oil river. There are offshoots that can distribute the oil here domestically as well. The oil coming from Canada down through this pipeline, feeding the United States, and then ultimately also being exported out of the, off of the Gulf Coast. Um, 1,200 miles in length, 
But on the day that Biden stepped into the oil, in the oval, oh, that was a Freudian slip. Let's keep that one in there. The day he did, he, he revoked the permit for the Keystone Pipeline. And so if you go to any of the sites where this work was being done, you'll see tons of pipeline and unemployed workers. That was day one. What that signaled was not just anything about the Keystone Pipeline. It was a signal that, you know what? We just don't like the oil and gas companies very much. And so we're going to, we're just going to make it everything tougher. And we're going to restrict how much we produce here in the United States because we are, we are climate conscientious. We are green. And therefore, we are going to find other ways to keep us warm and keep us cool and keep us running, uh, you know, energy. And it's all going to be green. Solar panels, windmills. But there are problems with those things. And while I think it's positive to think about becoming greener, we all want that. There's the world as we want it to be. And then there's the world as it is right now. And you have to bridge that gap. You cannot leap from one to the next. It has to evolve and it has to evolve organically. And it doesn't happen overnight. And it doesn't happen without risk. And it doesn't happen without bowing toward other powerful, let me say it, dictators. If it were to happen right now, we'd be completely reliant on China for all of these things solar panels, batteries, etc. You want that? No, you don't want that. Because China doesn't like us. And to be dependent on someone who doesn't like you means that you have to do some awful things in order to gain their favor. So there's a key figure in this whole conversation. He ran for governor in California, and I kind of wish he had won. His name is Michael Schellenberger. He was a total California greenie and a progressive. And notice I said was. What happened to Michael Schellenberger? Is he still a greenie? Sort of. Is he still a progressive? Is he really super smart? Yes. Has he spoken to Congress over half a dozen times? Yes. Because he's trusted He's knowledgeable, and he's got some solutions. And I think you need to hear them. Even if you are a super, super green advocate, I think you need to hear them. Because most of us don't have the time to do the research that Michael Schellenberger has done. And we've been just drowned in these messages of green energy, green energy, green energy. No, fossil fuels bad. Fossil fuels bad. Usually the truth falls somewhere in the middle. I think that's what Michael Schellenberger holds the key to. Not great grammar in that last sentence, but forgive me for that. I'm going to fill you in on what his theory is, what his philosophy is. We've been trying to book him on this show. He's really hard to get to because he's being pulled in so many different directions. Many of you may have seen him on other outlets, but I'm just going to nutshell it for you or not Schellenberger it for you, (laughs) after this. I do not want to believe that. Well, amidst an energy crisis, 
the the likes of which we haven't seen for about a half a century. Yeah. And that's why gas prices are going back up. And then we've got inflation. Your dollar doesn't buy you as much anymore. Your wages can't keep up with inflation. You're thinking, oh, how am I ever going to put my kids in college? How am I going to retire? How am I going to afford that trip, that wedding, that whatever? How, how am I going to get by? All of these are important questions. And one of the most important questions is about your future and how you're going to care for yourself financially. I know it's hard to think about sometimes and you don't want to imagine yourself at 90 years old, maybe needing some financial backing, but that's reality. And that's why legacy precious metals is part of my whole picture in terms of my portfolio. Gold and silver should be part of your whole financial portfolio. And it's not like you have to spend a fortune. There are all kinds of options and you can talk to Legacy Precious Metals about them. Remember 2008, because right now is as close to that kind of crisis as I can recall in terms of the economy. People who invested in gold and silver saw huge gains. Lots of other people just lost their retirements. This is something you should at least investigate. And I know that you hear from a gazillion companies that promise the benefits of gold and silver. I trust Legacy Precious Metals. They're my guys. So let me give you their number. You can give them a call at 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903. They also have a free investor's guide that you can download at their website, LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. All right. It, it strikes me that the people that we listen to to tell us how to go green are either AOC or a teenager. Remember this gem from Greta Thunberg? We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. Or blah, blah, blah. Build back better. Blah, blah, blah. We're in the beginning of a mass extinction. Did she know about the pandemic before it happened? Wow. And you are still not mature enough to tell it like it is. Oh, but you are, Greta. All your 13 years on the planet at the point that you said this. What else did she say, John, my producer? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Green economy. Blah, blah, blah. Bunny hugging. We've stolen her dreams and her childhood with our empty words. I don't know. My kids' dreams and stuff have not been stolen by anyone because this girl, I believe she, again, well-intended, passionate about what she's thinking, but maybe just a touch misguided with her rhetoric. Anything else hanging there, John? Any low-hanging fruit we can play for our audience? How dare you? No, oh, that's the best one. How dare you? And we let that one young lady lecture <laughs> the world 
about climate change. And she was some sort of, you know, this like phenom. So we gave her all this attention, her and AOC. I'm the boss. (laughs) The people we should be listening to are people like Michael Schellenberger. And I'm going to read this to you. Uh, He says, the Biden energy agenda creates China dependence. Like I was saying before. Now, you heard it from me. I'm just a former sportscaster. What do I know? I do have a master's in business. I have traveled a ton and I do read a lot. That does not make me an energy expert, but Michael Schellenberger is. So I will read you a little bit because he, back in September, testified before Congress. All right. Uh, He says, on September 15th, I testified to Congress about the unfolding energy crisis in Europe. This is really impacting Europe with that war going on. When I explained how President Biden's own energy policies are harming our allies abroad and consumers here at home, Representative Ro Khanna, a Democrat from California, said to me, quote, if there was a war on energy, how is Exxon, Chevron, BP and Shell making over 200 percent profits? You can't have a war on an industry and then they're having record profits. The reason I told Khanna says Michael Schellenberger, is precisely because the Biden administration has been stifling oil and natural gas production, thereby reducing supplies and increasing profits and prices. He goes on, do Democrats really not understand how supply and demand work? I'm going to reread that for you to hear it again, because this is a critical question. Do Democrats really not understand how supply and demand work? Of course they do. They know that by repressing oil and natural gas production, they're making these resources scarce and expensive. That's how they want it. They think high gasoline prices will force people to buy costly electric cars. But they know that their position on effectively rationing energy is highly unpopular, so they seek to scapegoat oil and gas companies an easy target. You follow that? Democrats know that by suppressing, you know, revoking the keystone of suppressing oil and gas, that that when you have less of something, it costs more. And so they know that that's what they're doing. They're suppressing this stuff being produced, so there's less of it, so it costs more. Econ 101. And I'm not really that smart at econ, but I know that. So then when it happens and the prices go up, they go, Damn those oil companies. Damn the gas station owners. Why don't they reel in those costs? Okay. Michael Schellenberger goes on. It's true that the Biden administration is not the sole cause of high energy prices. Russia's invasion of Ukraine rightly led President Biden in March to ban Russian oil and natural gas imports to the United States. But the main reason for expensive energy prices is President Biden's suppression of oil and gas production. And that began the day he stepped foot in the Oval Office and canceled that pipeline. Now, people can say, oh, look, we could start that pipeline up right now and and it wouldn't solve the issue. That's You're missing the point. When on day one of your administration, you say, we're shutting this down, you've sent a signal and you've stopped production and all of that stuff backlogs and gums up the works. And now... Months later, you find yourself in real trouble. 
So you you laid the groundwork for this, Mr. President. You did on day one. It would have been easy for Biden to make up for loss of Russian oil imports through expanded domestic drilling. Did you hear that? It would have been easy for Biden to make up for loss of Russian oil imports through expanded domestic drilling, where the U.S. imported around 18 million barrels of Russian oil per month. We produce 19 million barrels of oil domestically per day. Instead, Biden has leased less public land for oil and gas production during his first 19 months in office than any other administration since World War II, according to a Wall Street Journal analysis. Suppression leads to lack of production, leads to lack of product, leads to higher prices. When there's very little of something and everyone needs it, not just wants it, needs it, think wintertime, the price goes up. But all of this is a prelude to the main way Democrats plan to make energy more expensive, which is by spending $370 billion of taxpayer money through a new and misnamed Inflation Reduction Act to subsidize solar panels and wind turbines made in China. (laughs) I love them. Just China. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Renewables make electricity more costly everywhere they are deployed at scale. By at scale, he means, you know, at a level they need to be to, to, to be sustainable. Just look at California. It has the second most expensive electricity in the United States after Hawaii, but it can barely keep the lights on. Why? Because the unreliable nature of weather-dependent energy resources requires more backup power plants, transmission lines, and people who can make electricity reliable. Remember when Gavin Newsom said, we're going to ban uh, fuel gasoline powered cars. Oh, but, but this weekend, please don't charge your electric vehicles because we need the energy and our grid is failing. And I mean, look, it's pretty simple. We all want clean air, clean water, clean earth, of course. And we're all doing our part. To, but to pretend that these virtue signaling actions, like canceling a Keystone Pipeline, just and believe that was a political move, but it was also, it's had a massive ripple effect. And I knew the minute it happened, and I'm not all that smart, but I knew the minute it happened, the signal was sent and the crisis had begun. And here we are. We could be and should be energy independent. And we're not. Because this president won't allow us to be. And by the way, if we are going to move toward electric vehicles and solar power panels and all of that stuff, 
Um, how do we start? You need manufacturing that relies on fossil fuels. You need diggers and stuff that rely on fossil fuels. You can't make this jump without the connections between the two two spots, where we are now and where we'd like to be. It needs to be gradual. And if this president says, I'm doing everything I can to bring prices down, no, he's not. Because if he were, he would be calling every big oil company in America and saying, guess what? Increase production. What do you need? How can I help? Where can I break down the red tape? What can I do to make it easier? Where do you need a permit? But he won't. It's short-sighted. It's absurd. It's all about virtue signaling. It's not about reality. And it's first-level thinking. Green good, oil bad, let's ban oil and just go green. There are levels and levels beneath that that need to be thought through and sorted out. You don't just walk to the edge of the cliff and jump. Oi, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed about this because when I hear that we, we could be going to Venezuela to, to asking, you know, saying, you know what, I think we'll loosen our sanctions. We're not that mad at you anymore, even though you continue to do all these bad things because we need your oil. Um, I think I'll, I'll leave you with one more thought here. And this is more Michael Schellenberger, who again, I, I think is so smart on all of this and does see nuclear as a massive player in cheap, clean energy that we need to stop thinking about as the boogeyman because of some past horrid events, because it's, it's, uh, it's clean, it's cheap and in, in the it's expensive in the short term to build a nuclear plant is really expensive, but the energy becomes very cheap. And I will leave you with this thought from Schellenberger. Cause I, I really think this guy has it down. He says, I'm deeply, this is in front of, this is testimony in front of Congress. He says, I am deeply troubled by the way concern over climate change is being used to repress domestic energy production. The U.S. is failing to produce sufficient quantities of natural gas and oil for ourselves and our allies. The result is the worst energy crisis in 50 years, continuing inflation, and harm to workers and consumers in the U.S. and the Western world. Energy shortages are already resulting in rising social disorder and the toppling of governments, and they are about to get much worse. And then he goes on to say climate change is real and we should seek to reduce carbon emissions. But it's also the case, because see, two things can be true at once. But it's also the case that U.S. carbon emissions declined, went down 22% between 2005 and 2020. Global emissions were flat over that last decade and weather-related disasters have declined since the beginning of this century. There is no scientific scenario for mass death from climate change. Hey, Greta, did you hear that? There is no scientific scenario for mass death from climate change. A far How more. Dare in- you? <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you the truth, honey. A far more immediate and dangerous threat 
is insufficient energy supplies due to U.S. government policies and actions aimed at reducing oil and gas production. The Biden administration claims to be doing it all it can to increase oil and natural gas production, but it's not. It has issued fewer leases for oil and gas production on federal lands than any other administration since World War II. And one of his best points is this, because, you know, we all know there's hypocrisy everywhere on both sides of the aisle, but listen to this. If this committee that he's speaking to, this congressional committee, is truly concerned about corporate profits and misinformation, then it must approach the issue fairly. The big tech companies make larger profits than big oil. The big tech companies make larger profits than big oil, but have for some reason not been called to account. Nor has there been any acknowledgement that the U.S. oil and gas industry effectively subsidized American consumers to the tune of $100 billion per year for most of the last 12 years, resulting in many bankruptcies and financial losses. As for misinformation about climate change and energy, it is rife on all sides, and I question whether the demands for censorship by big tech firms are being made in good faith or are consistent with the rights protected by the First Amendment. Please just open your mind to this. Just open your mind to it and look at your gas bills and your heating bills and your all of that and ask yourself, how did we get here? And I contend that there are many factors, but it started on the day that Joe Biden stepped in the Oval and canceled the Keystone Pipeline. That was a signal that I think many people ignored. But it's led us, along with other factors, I'm not saying it was the only thing, it has led us here. This administration is hostile to U.S. oil and gas. They are fervently committed to green energy without this country being ready for green energy. We are not completely ready unless we are also ready to be dependent on China for those resources. And don't fool yourself. Those resources, solar panels and batteries and all the rest, require fossil fuels to be manufactured. They are not produced by a solar power fairy who just waves a wand and they all appear. Oh, be brave. Don't be afraid to stand up for the things you believe in. Do good, because for every act of evil, we need a bunch of acts of goodness to counterbalance them. And thanks for listening to Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. Well, Sideline Sanity, we are very proud to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals, and we're joined by Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. Charles, we are hearing now that this is not transitional inflation. This is not a bump in the road. This inflation is going to be here a while. What, what, does, that, what does that tell you? You know, that's the scary thing. Um, I think, you know, economies and, and, and such like that, they can deal with small jars. We have a, a unique situation. We had a Fed that waited much too long to react to the situation. 
calling inflation transitionary for a year when everyone knew it wasn't. But more importantly than that, coming out now saying this is going to be here. This is long term. This is not short term. We're going to have elevated rates for the long term. And, and why that gets really scary is that means the cost of doing business is going to be elevated for years, which means the cost of goods are going to be elevated for years, which means if companies can't make enough money, they will go out of business. This is why we, we hear some of your bigger companies are already talking about layoffs. So it, it's a unique situation. The Fed found themselves in a very bad place and they reacted way too slow. And this is why we're at where we're at. So if I'm an investor, then what's why do I want gold and silver in my portfolio? What what will that do for me? You know, that, that's a great question. And that's a question we get a lot. And and really what gold and silver do, um, they act as the hedge against the dollar weakness. They act as a hedge against the other markets. And we know that the Dow and, and, and all of your markets, all your indices are, are, are pulling back, right? That's not the issue. It's not what's already happened. It's what's yet to come. And that's where we, we need to prepare. So depending on who you listen to and, and the research that you do, you know, there are case studies are saying expect to see another 25, 20 to 25% pullback in your equities markets based on interest rates and loans and, and the bond markets they're suffering as well. No one's going out to buy bonds knowing that they're going to be um, an increased return on them in three months. It makes no sense. So that leaves you in a position of what to do with your money and how to protect yourself. This is where gold and silver come in. This is why we say this is a long-term play. You buy it, you forget about it, let it do its, its job. And its job is to go up over time as the dollar gets weaker, as the purchasing power gets less, gold and silver increase. It protects that purchasing power. That's the great thing about it. And there's your bottom line and why you need to call Legacy Precious Metals or go download their investor's guide at LegacyPreciousMetals.com. Charles, it's always good to talk to you because these are nerve-wracking times for people. You know, it, it's just the fact of the matter is, as we were told by the, the Fed chair, there's going to be some pain. So if people know that they've got something solid sitting in their investment portfolio, I think they're going to feel a little bit better, right? Absolutely. And, and we, you know, when we look at the actions that have happened just recently, I mean, the Fed has taken a very unique stance and they've done something very um, extraordinary. Three quarters of a basis points raises months in a row. That's one of the largest raises you've ever seen in the Fed through the history of the Fed. And it's not just once. One time is shocking. Here we are on the third month now. And we'll probably do another half a half a basis point next month or, or later this month, possibly even three quarters of a point. So when you look at that and you say that number is going to grow to where the Fed interest rates will be about 5%, unheard of. That means the interest rate to you and I, if that's what banks pay to borrow money, we're going to see, you know, credit cards will probably be over 28, 30% again. You're going to see home loans coming in 9, 10, possibly even 11%. And it's it's a scary time. And this is why we say, okay, know that it's coming. Don't be afraid. 
you, you now are aware. So now you can protect yourself. And that's what we help people do. Don't be afraid. Prepare. Just prepare yourself. And like I say every day, I trust Legacy Precious Metals when it comes to investing in gold and silver. So go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles and his group can answer any and all of your questions. Charles, thank you so much. My pleasure as always. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. 